Welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Elena, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. Hi, welcome to a new episode of Fun is Fundamental. Today, our guest is Ashley Bradford. She is a money miracle worker, coach, and financial educator. In in this episode, we talk about how to really address our finances in a fun way and also to kind of peel away some of the layers of shame that people tend to have around money and you know should we talk a little bit about how to make money management sexy so I hope you enjoyed the episode I sure enjoyed the conversation hi Ashley how are you doing I am wonderful how are you I'm doing very well what I, I know that you are a, a finance c- coach. Is that is that the correct terminology? Um, yeah, so people use finance coach and people use um, financial consultant. I like to vacillate between finance coach and like money coach or like money mindset coach. Mm-hmm. Any of them work for me, I promise. Awesome. And what made you uh, pursue pursue that direction? Um, so I've kind of always been into money. I've been budgeting since I was like 13. Um, (laughs) that's impressive. (laughs) Um, but I guess like the, like the main lead was like watching my mom struggle with entrepreneurship because she just couldn't grapple how to charge people enough to make it work for her. And then she was not really good on like the business back end part. She was really good at execution. Like she could perform the service. It was just when it came to business and it came to like monetary, keeping the books, not so great, Mm -hmm. which had an effect on my childhood. So it's like, like a domino effect. And then I fell into the trap after college and like in college, I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't repeat the same cycle. So Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I mean, my mom was never, uh, her own boss, but, uh, my mom definitely was not, uh, the great, a great, what's the word I'm looking for? Not influence. What's the role model. She was not a great role model when it came to money. Um, I mean, now, now she's like responsible in that she doesn't have any credit cards. So like, at least like she doesn't live beyond her means, but yeah, just, (laughs) I totally understand. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, you know, it's one of those things though, like, I didn't have like, I didn't learn much about like money. So like, hearing you talk about like, but you would budget your money from the age of 13. I'm like, that's impressive. Like, how did you learn that? <laughs> um, I don't know if it was like a learning thing. I just remember, like, my mom, and knowing I knew detailed like financial stuff when it came to the household. So I kind of knew 
when we were struggling, like when things got a little iffy. And then uh, my mom is a single mom, but my father lived in another state. So he would send, of course, child support money to her. And that money would be used to compensate for the bills that money we didn't have. So he would also send me money separately. And I have journal entries of literally just writing down, okay, well, I received this amount of money on this day from my dad. And this is what I spent it on. And this is what I have to do. Like if I have, if I had a phone bill or if I had something that I wanted to purchase, I literally can remember like, $70 for this and $20 for this and $13 for this. And I was just like, I don't know if it was like a learned thing or it was just, I did it. I don't think I knew it was budgeting at the time. I was just like, I'm just going to write down everything I have to do so I can remember it and keep track of it um, and make sure I have enough money for it. I think that's where it came from. Yeah. I mean, it is logical, but yeah, it's hard for a lot of people to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's like, I wasn't ashamed at that age to know how little I had. I feel like sometimes it can be looked at as like, oh, well, if I'm budgeting or I'm tracking these expenses, if I get down to zero or if I get down to like this small amount of money, I'm going to feel some kind of way. But I guess at that age, to me, I was like, well, this is the amount of money that I have. And if I spend it all, that means I don't have any. Like it wasn't that big of a consequence to me, I think, at that age, which maybe is why it's like it didn't have that same like mental effect as it does people nowadays. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously the stakes are not as high when you're 13 if you run out of money as when you're an adult and you run out of money. So that, you know, maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like. But yeah. I can definitely see how it's like the, the dynamic is different. So when you're budgeting nowadays, you're like, if I get down to zero, it means I have no money and I have to wait until payday or I have to. Um, but it's like, I guess the factor for not knowing is more is like is scarier to me than like looking at it on paper and being like, all right, cool. If I can for like predict, like if I, I'll be at zero at this date and this time in this place, then maybe I can do something to counteract that than just not doing it and mm -hmm. then getting to zero randomly. And you're just like, ah, <laughs> now yeah, it's sure. that I'm at zero. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing for me when I was not, not so much now, but when I was younger, I um, definitely had times when I would like overdraft and stuff like that. And it was, be it was because there was so much shame with not having money that I also just like ignored it. And then I just got myself into problems and I'm like, Oh, now I'm in a deeper problem. Cause I have to pay like now an overdraft fee. And it's like, yeah, that's way worse than if I had just like <laughs> dealt with it, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's like one of those things because you don't want people to think that you never overdraft or this never happens if you budget your money or if you look at it. Cause I can remember times of looking at my money and be like, I know for a fact that when this bill comes out tomorrow, it's going to make my account negative. Like it's not like it stops the process, yeah. but at least it like gives you that heads up. to where you're just not like that anxiety that comes and then like adrenaline where you're just like, Oh no, you wake up and you see your account negative and you're just like, okay. Like it, it keeps that from happening. And at least like for me, I know I used to overdraft. I'm like, okay, well, I know I have until this time before I hit a fee. So let me figure out how to do something and move something around or like, mm -hmm. I, cause I, I mean, I've done like all kinds of stuff. I've driven for uh, DoorDash, whatever I had to do to make sure that I kind of 
saved on that back end or at least attempted to. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe like the proactivity of if I know I'm overdrafting, let me figure out if I can fix this before I get the fee or at least, you know, knowing like, okay, this is what's happening. This is the reason why I overdrafted. I paid this bill and it, then it came out. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously when you know, when you know why something happens and it's like, you know, it makes you, it gives you power to be able to make different choices. And I mean, obviously like you still have to pay your bills. Like, you, like there's still some things that have to happen, but like you can make maybe some other choices, you know, that would be different. I like for myself, I feel like as a woman, like sometimes I felt like, I felt like I, I don't know, like I didn't really feel like I had like a lot of role models as of, of women who were like empowered to take care of their own money. Um, And so I guess I was wondering if there, do you see if there's any things that we, uh, that women can do to feel less intimidated by their finances? Um, so, and I, I kind of, I, I totally understand like when you like, don't grow up seeing an example of what this is supposed to look like, that could be super difficult to adopt habits and behaviors of good money management. Um, and also society is pounded into our head, like, Hey, manhandle this, or this isn't something that you're supposed to be naturally good at so you have to learn it um and all that kind of stuff and I guess some tactics to keep it from feeling like such a heavy like load or such a heavy topic is to kind of like start small when it comes to like the conversations so I don't expect people to when they meet strangers to go like this is how much money I have in my bank account and this is how much debt I'm in like let's talk about it <laughs> because then I feel like people like think about conversations and like oh my god this is just too much mm-hmm. so I would I would say start small um and I feel like if you're if you're working in a job I guess like honestly the first thing that came out of my mouth when I started having these conversations was how much money do you make and being able to articulate like your salary things that are technically public record already I can mm-hmm. Google what your job title is and find out how much money you make. I can Google the company. So start talking about things that aren't supposed to be secretive. And it kind of changes the face of why we feel like certain numbers and certain like topics are like a secret um, mm-hmm. so that it makes it less of um, like a scary, intimidating um, action. Mm-hmm. And then if you have like friends, I know sometimes talking with to like family is a little difficult, but if you have friends that you can kind of converse with and maybe you guys can set aside some time on a regular basis, it could be a month, um, every month or something like that, where you guys literally talk about certain money topics. Like if it's student loans or if it's, if it's debt, like pick a topic a month and say, okay, everyone is going to kind of bring some ideas of how we can improve if we're if everyone's in a lot of debt or if everyone has like something they want to work on at, at the same time, kind of creates like an accountability partner. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have like a spouse or a boyfriend that works with them too, you all set aside some time um, every month and just pick a topic and devote certain times to that topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I mean, I guess it's like funny because like for myself, like I'm like, I, you know, I, there's not very many people that I actually talk about money with, but like, I, I guess the first step to make things less like shameful or taboo is just to be like, 
you kind of just have to start talking about it and make other people feel comfortable talking about it and stuff like that yeah yeah, no. yeah definitely definitely helps um to start somewhere because if you never start then you'll forever look at it as this is scary and it just won't change mm-hmm. yeah for sure um and you know building community to be like yeah we're all we're all working on this and you're not alone you know I definitely would help yeah obviously the, the people might be listening to this and being like what does this have to do with fun so like <laughs> I would guess we could start talking about how how can we like tie in some fun to make things not not so heavy and like you know to make it like more of a pleasant uh situation to deal with our finances to address our finances <laughs> make friends with our finances <laughs> yes and the funny thing is I feel like because fun is just like it's subjective so it's like everyone has a different version of fun so it's like once you find what you already find exciting and fun about your life then it's kind of just like how do you mix them together if you have fun going on hikes and being outdoors and having picnics in the middle of the park, why would it, would it not be a good idea to be like, all right, cool. I already have fun doing this. Let's see if I can combine some of like my money conversations there. So if you have a group of friends and like, Hey, y'all let's meet at the park. We're already going to have this time together anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the topic just so happens to be money. So then you're in an environment where everyone feels comfortable everyone's already having fun. You have food, you have drinks, whatever, like your picnic consists of. And then it just calms that environment to be like, this is not like I'm talking about court dates. Like this is not something that's supposed to feel heavy. We're literally just having a a regular conversation. It just happens to be around money. Mm -hmm. Um, So just trying to combine the things that you already do for fun with your conversations about finances, about money, about questions that you have with money. Um, of course they have games that you can play. I know like sometimes it's fun. Um, they have apps and, and games and like with your friends or your spouse, you guys could have competitions when it comes to like, if you have a problem with saving or you want to save more, or you have a trip that you want to go on, like why not compete against who can save the most money and then find creative ways to do that. Um, so like just trying to like switch it up so that it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like, you're having boring money conversations. Yeah, for sure. Out of obligation. Yeah. I was also thinking, like, I was just on the bus and I was like, you know, like you could totally like be with your your spouse or whatever, whoever you, if you, if there's someone that you uh, manage money with and like, like have like kind of these, uh, not family food, the price is right kind of games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would it be like, all right, let's guess what this will be. And then like you do the math and you're like, ah, and I, I know what the price is that you get, but like, yeah, make it a game. <laughs> and I feel like that would be super fun. And especially if it's like something that you actually watch. Like, I, know, I used to watch the price of great. So I'm like, when I used to watch them get super excited about guessing $1 over or $1 under this price, <laughs> I was just as excited as they were. I was like, yeah, that's a good guess right there. <laughs> that was good. I know, it's like so satisfying when someone's like, oh, that close. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and it was fun. And it was technically a show about, it wasn't like, you know, personal finance. It was a show about money. It was a mm-hmm. show about, you know, talking about money 
guessing money things. So I mean, I, could, I think I actually love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get lots of random I like thoughts and ideas when I'm just on the bus. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean we kind of talked about like getting together with your friends and um talk and talking through like finances. Is, is can you think of is there anything else that you can think of that would help would help with people personally and like kind of society as a whole to help with the feelings of shame that often goes with um how we feel about our money situations hmm. let's see because I feel like sometimes when it comes to like shame and it comes to um like judgment it's usually based on like past experience. So if you haven't addressed the reasons behind why you feel shameful or like why you feel a sense of judgment around money, it's usually why that feeling persists. Hmm. So if I'm, if I'm thinking about like my past, I'm thinking about how I felt shame about the fact that I couldn't afford um at the end of my high school graduation we had like stoles we had to purchase for mm-hmm. art so if you got a certain grade you had to purchase a certain color stole so when you walked across the stage they would know like hey, oh you did really well in all these classes so I couldn't afford to purchase those couldn't afford to go on senior trip like there were certain things that I felt shame about during the time that it happened which created like a shame spiral and it mm-hmm. carried on years and years and years to the point where it's affecting my financial decisions as an adult. Mm-hmm. But if you don't address the fact of like the root of where the shame is coming from, that's usually the reason that it's there. And I think a lot of times people are like, well, I just need to make better financial decisions. Like I just need to, you know, do this, not understanding that it's usually not based on what's happening right now to you. It's not based on the fact that, you know, you may not have enough money for this thing or it's, it's based on something else, which has created a sense of shame and a sense of judgment from before, and you haven't addressed it. If you haven't addressed that, then there's no way that going forward, you're going to make better decisions because in the back of your mind, it's like subconscious, it's just there. And it's, it's fueling the decisions that you're making. And you're just not realizing that fact. So mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes to society and it comes to like women being told like, and the funny thing is we're like some of the best savers. We're some of the best money management people, like according to statistics, we mm. do it the best. Men are not, <laughs> men are not top notch when it comes to money and managing your finances. But for some reason we do have it in our heads that we're just not good at it. And I think it's, like I said, it's the past things that have happened that we just haven't addressed mm-hmm. and not saying like all at one time you need to sit down and unpack everything, but do start to think if you can find instances in your past, in your childhood of things that you've seen and how you felt during that scenario. And then maybe ask yourself some questions like, okay, why did I feel this way? Who, like, what was that, like, what was that um, emotion or feeling based on? And then kind of like dissect it that way and then move forward from there. And I think it will lower the amount of shame that we have around, around money when we realize that it's not really shame it's just like a bunch of pent-up 
younger feelings that we have around the topic of like money and finances or are not even sometimes our own feelings. It's like our parents' feelings, like how they felt about something and they said it out loud and we're like, oh, and we adopted it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody in your, like uncle, aunt, somebody. Anybody. So, yeah. For sure. Like, I remember, like, I was doing, like, this, like, money mindset, like, kind of thing, like, to be, like, how do I feel about these things, you know, and stuff like that. And, like, I remember, like, like, I'll never forget, like, my grandma being, like, you know, quoting, like, the Bible and being, like, well, a camel will get through the eye of a needle before a rich man gets into heaven, like, that kind of thing. And so, like, like, there's, like, this, like, feeling of, like, only bad people are rich, you know, like, like things like that, like, like, you wouldn't you could you should never be rich and like da, da, da. and like even just like like so like shame like of like even like trying to be upwardly mobile you know is there <laughs> yeah. yep, and that's usually what it is like it's it's like most of the time our feelings aren't really ours they're somebody else's and we've adopted it and they're like no this is how I really feel and I'm like have you thought about that are you sure that's how you really feel or is that how you think that you feel because you heard it and just never questioned it like you never never thought to question it because you didn't have a use to question it like there was no point you're just like maybe I should question that because that's just not what we do when we're young Mm -hmm. and then we have all these adopted and then we're wondering why we're why we keep making the same decisions over and over and over again and I'm like it's honestly because of that it's like I, I don't know deep deep deeply ingrained <laughs> it's very deep very deep and I'm like there's there are things that come up that I still have to like think through like myself and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like okay where did that come from I have to talk to myself like, like I'm like out loud I'm like okay where did that come from who said that why did they say that is that the truth like all these questions like a questionnaire to myself like is what they said the truth is it the truth for them or the truth for you in this moment in time right now because it's not the same time period as when they said it versus what it is right now Mm -hmm. and it's kind of you have to put into perspective all the other outside elements when it comes to their statement as well if you have grandparents that said that Think about their environment, where they would have got that from, all the outside elements that would have been affecting the fact that they said it, and then put into perspective for like, well, this is my present. This is what's happening to me right now. Is that still effective? Is that thought process still working? And if it's not, then that's when you change it. That's when you can work on like, okay, let's try to see if we can change this in something else, because that thought is obviously not um, working for me right now. So let's figure out a different thought that I can have about this thing about these finances about my money about you know that kind of thing about making more money whatever the whatever the thought is mm-hmm. I feel like also like that these days because I mean I I I assume that mostly women listen to this podcast so I'm gonna address, address these things to like to women and how they feel about money Generally, I feel like there's so much in, in like the finance sphere that is such like bro, bro culture. <laughs> and so like, I feel like that also like makes women kind of be like, well, oh, I don't really want to get, involved, you know, and so like, I guess like, is there, do you, do you have any ideas of like, how to feminize it? Like, feminize I get it. 
Yeah. Can you make, is the question, can you make money sexy? I feel like that is a thing. Like, can it be sexy? And I thought about this. I have, like, I think I even uh, like was trying to brainstorm on some stuff. I think I came across somebody's idea. They were like, um, I think it was called like feminine finances or something like that. It was like her, like her idea. And I was like, this is a really good idea because I do see what you're saying as far as like bro culture is a lot of men in the finance industry, a lot of like men that are older that are trying to be like, yes, this is what you need to do with all your money. Make sure you put it here and invest it here and do this and all that stuff. So um, I guess that question is definitely still a work in progress because I do want to find ways to make money sexy. And I like, I've had different brainstorming like days where I'm like, well, if you're changing your environment to make it more fun by doing it in fun places, how can you put that also into like, um, it's something that makes women feel empowered to do money. So I did have an idea of like, um, what happens when you like let's say you have a money date with yourself and if with that confine of it being a date so you have wine you have candles you have music like and you're literally on a date with your whether you do it on the spreadsheet whether you do it on a computer whether like however you actually handle your money if you do that like you just have you your your medium And then you set it up like you are on a date with yourself. You can put on an outfit, like whatever makes you feel empowered. And then maybe do it from a place like that. It's like, that's the the biggest idea that I had thus far for that one. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm still thinking on it though. Because I feel like it's all about like, what frame of mind are you in? And I feel like that would help you get into a different frame of mind and to like, you know, sit and bring out a calculator and whatever else people <laughs> normally are looking at like oh this man has a calculator and he's going to punch all these numbers in and it's just going to come out with negative numbers like let's change the face of that let's make it so that we feel comfortable and and like like I mean I won't say you seduce your checkbook but whatever it works for you like um, <laughs> putting it in that perspective yeah well, well yeah I like the idea of making it making it sexy because you know because it's like it definitely uh feels feels kind of (laughs) nerdy not that there's anything wrong with nerdy of course but um you know (laughs) it's nice making things that you don't want to do sexy (laughs) so maybe it'll make it more enticing I'm like yes to this enticing enticing Mm -hmm. empowering something other words that have that (laughs) other words that have that included yeah for sure (laughs) you know all right I think this might be my last question of the money portion because I like to have other other fun questions also um what's a way that caregivers can help future generations to avoid some of the pitfalls that we've encountered (laughs) yeah um So I do think about the future generations and I think about the environment that they're raised in. And I feel like a big thing is to make sure that you're bringing up money as early as possible. And I know it sounds like, you know, you don't want to scare your child and you don't want to like put too much on them. You want them to still be kids, but you also want them to understand the power of money and the value of money. Like you want them to be able to look at something and say, well, this costs this much. 
and this is how much like if so like say you give a lot like whatever that like looks like for you if you're providing allowances if you're not providing allowances at least they need to understand the value of money and what that provides for the household so not to keep your child in the dark about how things are purchased what they're purchased and why so that they can understand and put two and two together as far as like well mommy goes to work and mommy makes money or mommy has a business and when she's in her office this is what she's doing so she can provide for us the things that we need, like toys and food and all that kind of stuff. It's making sure that they're, 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 they understand like the correlation between why you do what you do instead of just doing it and say, well, this is what mommy has to do or this is what daddy has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess something else, like if you're having dates with yourself and with your partner, um, having those meetings with your child, you can make it a family meeting um, if that's the case. Just if you want to do it monthly or quarterly, but quarterly for the child since it's a kid, then having those meetings and saying and talking to them about like kind of like if you're bringing up the what do you want to be when you grow up, correlate that to money as well. Like make sure you're explaining like what lifestyle looks like. If you have somebody that wants to be a doctor or a teacher, explain to them okay, cool. Then this is what this looks like for a teacher. This is what this looks like for a doctor. Just so that they're aware and they're not kind of like being thrown to the wolves when it comes to like their like to finances and money period um and I know some schools even do like simulations they're like okay you pick a job this is the salary you get like depending on how old they are this is the salary you get now you have to have these real life activities so you have to have like house and whatever and then you need to balance this checkbook at the end of it. And I really mm-hmm. wish all schools did that because I was like, this is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Like I need all of this. So like, I guess just starting them early if they don't have access to that kind of program in school would be mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Well, I think like, it's good to have that in school, but I feel like it's also probably good to have that like in your family. Cause like, for one thing, I feel like there's a lot of people that they, it's like a secret, like yeah. in a way of like that, like, this is this is how this happens in the, in the family or something like that and it's just like it's just like a strange thing that you're like being secretive with your kid about like where the money comes from and how much money there is and things like that because it it really affects them it affects them and it also affects like their like I think they said that your personality like your child's personality is formed between a certain age and it's like if you don't get in there and at least have some kind of influence on how they look at money then it could affect their personality growing up as far as like like how they talk to their friends about it how they talk to like their so it's just like making sure we at least tackle it a little bit when they're young and then continue as they get older Mm -hmm. yeah and like yeah keeping like that spiral of you know yeah it's like I don't want you to feel shame about, about this thing, you know? And so like automatically if you're being not sharing things with them and kind of almost being secretive, like having these conversations between clo- behind closed doors, um, then it makes it seem like it is something to be ashamed of. And it's like, you're putting your shame on your child because the child doesn't know what that is. Like they don't know why they should feel shame about this financial topic or about money. And then yeah. you're just, you're just putting it on them. You're like, oh, well, I have this. So I'm gonna gift it to you because I don't know what else to do with it. And I'm like, that's just not fair. They yeah. shouldn't have to start off with your feelings and your people behind you's feelings of 
money and finances because that's all you're going to give them. You're going to give them your past along with whatever you've conjured up with it. You're like, well, here on the platter is all the shame and judgment I have around this topic. And you know, you do what you want with it instead of letting them form their own opinions about it and just being this upfront and straightforward with them about how it works because Mm -hmm. they're going to learn it eventually. And then you might as well be the first person to give it to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, it it makes me really sad because like, it's such, it's just such a common, common thing. And I mean, and I have it like, you know, um, but obviously I'm getting better working through it, but you know, obviously it would have been better if like, I wouldn't have had so much of it coming into adulthood, that kind of thing, you know, that sort of thing. So, all right. I often start with asking people, what, how do you define fun? What, mm. what is it? What is fun? I feel like, I feel like fun is like when you can like meet in the middle with like, you're just super, super happy and you're in a great place and like you don't have what feels like the world's burdens. I feel like sometimes that fun is like that, that middle ground of like the Venn diagram <laughs> when you have like a circle. So you're like, okay, I'm happy, I'm carefree. And then maybe the third thing, and it's like the, in the middle of that, it's just fun. Cause then mm-hmm. I, cause you know, in the moment fun, you don't think about all the rest of your, your stuff until it's over. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, carefree. That's definitely a, a good, a good part of it for sure. <laughs> all the care, so go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like also to ask people what their play personality is. So, um, this is from like the, uh, doctor who is part of the Institute of play. So there's eight play personalities. Let's hope I can remember them all right now. Uh, There is the artist, the explorer, the storyteller, the collector, the kinesthetic, the competitor, the director, who's like the person that likes to plan things, and... Oh, the Joker. Mm. All right. So I'm going to have to land on the Explorer only because one of my Clifton strengths is learner. And I have just, I just like to learn everything. I like to be like that random person that has like, oh, do you know this? I'm like, yeah, like I just randomly read that the other day on something. And I just can regurgitate the information to you because I just like to learn about everything. So I'm going to say the Explorer. Yeah. For sure. Um, you and you can be more than one, just so you know. It's not like a hard hard line, but yeah. Could be a mix of something. I just don't know. I don't know what else like what else I would mix it with. Big Spore is a good one though. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of of uh, of, of that one. I, I am also an explorer, so. Um, I consider myself an explorer and a, an artist and a director. So 
I'm like, mm. see, I was thinking part director, but it's like I like to envision the plan, but as far as like like somebody else doing it, like I can like look at something. I'm like, okay, I can see this fitting here. Look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. I'm not really not so good at like let's make it let's I'm not an executor I'm like a I can see the plan somebody else might need to execute it you like the, you like to do the big picture be like oh I see I have a vision yeah. <laughs> I can see it see it all day yeah. <laughs> executing part may take a little bit extra work though yeah for sure um what would be your dream vacation I've been really dying to go to Bali and the part that freaks me out is the long plane ride it's like 24 hours I'm like I don't know if I can be on a plane for that long unless I'm sitting and laying in first class or something (laughs) so it's like I just really want to get there I just have to prepare myself for the for the journey to get to Bali but I definitely want to go yeah, it's it's really hard to be in coach for if you any anything that's like more than like 15 hours is painful <laughs> to be in coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even want to test it. I don't want to test it. I don't want to try it. I'm like, no, I need to get to Bali one day, but I'm not going so I can fly first class. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could you could make a, a trip where you get to go to a few places and you go like to this place and only have to fly this long and then you go to this place and, and then just you get closer to Bali. That's probably a really good idea because I'm like just intimidated so much by the hour number on the flight. I could make it like a, a multiple excursion thing and I could go to different places and see if I can get close. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna like map it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, like, I usually always settle for like the Dominicans. I'm like three hours. I can do three hours. Let's go there. But um, yeah, um, to get further. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been as far as India, which is like, all the way across the, the world, <laughs> and oh. it's awful. It's so terrible to go that far. Oh uh, yeah. Um. I once spent 24 hours on a on a a, a train in India. Also, oh, that was how's that? <laughs> it was very unpleasant. I, oh, I, no. I my stomach was actually like sick anyway, so like I was just like I don't want to be here right now. Oh, no, oh. see, I would, like in my mind, trains are fun because you can move around. You can like. You don't have to like just you know sit in the in the airplane chair for like the longest time. So I feel like I, in my mind trains were more fun. But if you they if they aren't, then please let me know right now. <laughs> I think this this particular situation was a little hard because like this this train like rocked a lot, and I was like in the like a top bunk thing, and so it was like rocking a lot, and then I was so, already mm. sick to my stomach. <laughs> oh no! Okay, no. Mm-mm. But but. I like I would say like when I've like been on like um like I've taken like the train to like you know the Amtrak kind of thing and it was like much shorter trip but that wasn't so that was better I like I see how it it would it could be good yeah 
All right, so I'll keep it on the list. It just won't be at the yeah. top. I'll just keep it on there. Yeah, be on don't the worry. Not, not trying to like be like, don't don't do that. No, it, it, it could be good for sure. When's the last time you laughed so hard that you're like, you're like crying and your sides are hurting? <laughs> the funny thing is I do that often and I honestly, I like, I consider myself easily, like easily amused because I do laugh at a lot of stuff. Like, I think the last time I did that was at a movie, like joke or something, but then it also happens if we're having girls day and someone tells a joke and I've had too many mimosas and then it just happens (laughs) happens from there as well. So I'm definitely easily amused. I've, I've I've got a lot of side stitching laughs from random stuff that's good because um I mean generally I feel like a lot of people don't laugh enough so it's if if you are you know a person that's like easily because it's like great like makes me feel light (laughs) yes I I don't like sometimes I laugh inappropriately sometimes so it's not like always the best because I do find myself (laughs) laughing inappropriately and I like when I was younger, I had a thing about using sarcasm and like humor to like deflect from expressing emotions. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, dark side of the coin, light side of the coin. Like I'm easily amused, but I also can use it as like draw attention away from how I really feel. I'm just going to make you laugh about it because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. So, you know, I'm both. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like so many like people that are comedians actually have a lot of like feelings and pain and like, and that's how they deal with it is by being hilarious. So I totally see that as being a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, What, what are some of your favorite smells? I am a essential oil connoisseur. So if I go to Bath and Body Works, which I do a lot, I always end up getting anything that has lavender in it, vanilla, spearmint, or eucalyptus. Hmm. It's usually where I end. Like, my, I was like, why do you have so many of the same? I just, I'm consistent. I like the same things. I go get the same smells. Like every once in a while, I'll venture, like if they have like a seasonal smell, I think there was something they brought like a margarita or something and it, it smelled like island margarita I think is what it was called and I was like oh, this smells pretty great but I don't like I'm very consistent like I don't like super fruity things I don't like mm-hmm. like you know like flowers and stuff not a flowery mm-hmm. so I'm like a very consistent lavender eucalyptus spearmint vanilla kind of mix in with any of those they work mm-hmm. well the thing is I think a lot of people generally have the things that they gravitate towards so and that seems pretty normal to me like yeah (laughs) what makes you feel luxurious luxurious I'm pretty sure the most luxurious thing that I do is like getting massages and valet parking (laughs) (laughs) I like for people to like open my door, let me out, close it, and then pull it back up for me when I'm ready to go. <laughs> Even though, you know, I'm paying for it. I still yeah. like, I like this. And if I have a 
chance I always order like up on the Ubers and Lyfts that I use. I'm like, I don't want the regular one. I want the, give me the one above it. Let me get in mm-hmm. a nice, a nice car. It's like random stuff. <laughs> like yeah. <that. laughs> I mean, it does feel real. Like you do feel really super special. And so you get valet. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> even when the valet is free or like five dollars i'm like i still feel the same no matter how much it costs yeah thank you for opening this door thank you very much yep. <laughs> all right let's let's do a couple of word associations okay. yeah. what do you think of when you think of summer watermelon mm. It's like my favorite fruit right? and I eat it all summer long because it's like the only time it's like available and it actually tastes good they'll still sell it I'm like no you can't sell it not in summer because it's the only time that I can eat it yeah no uh, off-season watermelon is not good but when it's good it's like oh it's so good and refreshing and uh, yeah coffee iced with oat milk I order Starbucks I'm a regular Starbucks person and I get the same order I get espresso shots with oat milk and like one shot of flavor and I get the same order and you're like mm-hmm. my favorite iced coffee what, is my thing what flavor do you get um I usually do either one shot of white mocha and then like a cinnamon I think it's called cinnamon dulce or something mm-hmm. um so I get that or I know like I used to have a friend who used to work behind the counter and she used to like just make something. She had raspberry and like white mocha. And it sounds really weird, but it was so good. I was like, whatever you did, do it again because it was (laughs) delicious. Yeah. I mean, I've had like things that are raspberry and white chocolate, but like in coffee, it seems a little weird, but it does. I was like, what? But it tastes so good. Okay. Try it today. What do you think of when you hear home? Hmm. I don't know. I think of like my grandma. It's weird. Like it's like she's she's like I don't know. Her home has always been like the hub. So as my my address still has some things of her <laughs> with her. I'd like my like car stuff has her address on it. Still things that I know are just gonna be there. I'm like yeah, just sit mm-hmm. there and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I get, especially like people that like rent I've always been a renter I've never owned anything and you know so no, nothing ever like really feels like home so I totally hear you <laughs> yeah like, always like it's just hers I don't know what's gonna happen when it's not there anymore but for right now that's what it feels yeah uh how about fire fire hmm. I don't know I think of like bonfires and stuff because I just like I think of just like leisure activities yeah what's <laughs> a leisure activity I like a bonfire I mean it's it's better than like if you think of like arson or something like that like bonfire sounds great <laughs> no no arson happening over here no yeah. <laughs> setting not, things on fire not where your head went <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that sounds that sounds perfect bonfire whale whale 
I'm probably going to have to say the Bible verse about Jonah and the whale because I just listened to um, a YouTube video this morning. Like my wake up video was like a sermon and he was talking about him being in the belly of the whale. Oh. I think that's, that's like the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I mean, it, whale is a very random word. <laughs> totally, totally understand. I was just like, why do I have the word whale on this list? I don't know. Okay. It works because it just happened to be this morning's sermon. Okay. Just happened. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one. Um, sandwich. I am addicted to, if, I don't know if I have, like where the states are and everything, people that are listening, but we have Publix here and their Philly cheese steak deli sandwiches are like my like my go-to if I get anything if I guess like oh, I'm craving a sandwich it's always like a Publix sandwich so I'm gonna say these sandwiches and I'm also hungry so that's probably why <laughs> yeah you're like oh man I got right now <laughs> sounds like a wonderful plan <laughs> yeah my my husband um one of the his go-tos is like if we go to restaurants is is Philly cheesesteaks they're not all, they're not all curated equal though they're not and that's the thing I'm like you have to I mean once you find it one place you have to like order it from there forever because mm-hmm. you can get the chance of you ordering it and it's bad and you have to send it all back give me something completely different because I don't want it <laughs> very particular about my sandwiches yeah. have you ever been to Philadelphia I used to live in Pennsylvania but I was so young it's so close but I don't remember anything about it yeah I just wonder what Philly's from Philly tastes like so one day one day I have to add that to my list because my mind didn't even correlate the fact that that's probably a good idea to try like pizza from New York probably should have a okay it's it's going on the list now oh yeah (laughs) I yeah there's all like I have like this whole list of like I mean not like an actual list that I wrote down but like a whole list of foods that I want to try in different places <laughs> I had a partial one because pizza from New York was on my list so I got mm-hmm. that I'm trying to think I don't know if it was like a full list it was just like random things I knew were like known for things my mind did not put together okay yeah all right, Pasta. I'm I'm gonna oh stop God. torturing you with talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm real hungry. Stop talking about food. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, I'll live. I'll survive. Yeah. Well, it was so awesome talking to you today. Um, where can the listeners find you? Okay, so if I haven't scared you off with all the money talk. Honestly, I am <laughs> prevalent on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Instagram it is at Ashley M as in Marie Bradford. And then um, Facebook is just Ashley um, Bradford. So that is where I am. That is where I'm located. And, you know, I do post random videos about random stuff all over my social media. I'm not going to say it's all money related. It's not, but there is some in there. Yeah, <laughs> you're allowed to be well-rounded. 
Well, thank you so much for being on today. And I hope you eat something delicious for dinner. <laughs> I, I plan on it. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I love it. I love talking about everything as like a talk, I think. So, you know, yeah. thank you for, <laughs> thank you for having me on today. You're welcome. All right. Have a good day. Bye. All right. Just a couple of takeaways before we go for the day. Um, one, it's better to know your finances, not to play the guessing game, the shame game, where you're just kind of ignoring it. I've been there. Um, two, start talking about money with others. You know, this is how we make it less taboo. I think that there's only shame because we, you know, we feel shame and then we just don't talk about it. And then, but like, we can peel away those layers of shame if we just are open to talking about it. Three, combine your money conversations with things you already like, like, you know, she talks about making it a date, you know, how to make it sexy, right? I also like added, you know, to do things to gamify money management. Four, you know, we, you need to deal with the things from your past that have brought you shame to your money management. Because we need all the deal with the past to move forward into the future. Five, question your money beliefs. You know, why why do you believe that? <laughs> you, you know, only by doing this are you going to make money. Or, like, you have to sell your soul to a corporation to make money. Or, you know... Rich people are bad. You know, we talked about that kind of stuff. And, you know, you've got to question those things. And, and then six, if you're a parent or you're, you know, around children, start talking about money clearly without shame. You know, we want to break the cycle of money shame. I think it's a really common problem. And... It doesn't have to be. We can, you know, all do our parts to work on ourselves and, you know, to help future gener generations have a better grasp and understanding and not be carrying around these deeply held beliefs. So, you know, teach them. Be honest. Yeah. So, I think that was mostly the gist of uh, what people can easily take away from this. Obviously, the conversation is a lot more than that, and I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed having Ashley on, and I just want to say thank you to her again for being on. Uh, and yeah, I hope that you have a good week. Um, subscribe, rate, and review. And I'll see you, talk to you next week.
Okay, bye.